So the, the specific question is, what does a growth path look like? And I think it can look like a lot of different things, but the, at the basic level, it's what does the future look like for someone who's on your team? Hey, y'all, I'm Chase Clemens, and this is the Support Ops Hangout. This is a show that helps you deliver a better support experience to your customers. Now, we've got some of the best support pros in the business on our crew. Everyone's here this week. It's a glorious day. So uh, before we dive in, let's go ahead and meet them. Jeff, you're going last this week. So Chase, you're first. Chase hey. Livingston, how are you? Doing well. Glad to be back. It's been a couple weeks. It has. It has. This, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like this momentous day where everyone's here. It's just, it's nice. <laughs> uh, Carolyn from her new, semi-new place out in Portland, right? How are you? I'm great. I'm back also in that I was, I had that flu that everyone's getting last week. And in case anyone tells you that it's terrible, it's true. (laughs) It was rough, but thankfully it's fast moving and I'm feeling like a new woman today. One out of five would not do again. Right. (laughs) And then last, but certainly not least, the the guy with the most, Jeff (laughs) from Vincent. It's okay to say least. I'm okay with being the least out of this crew. I'm totally satisfied with that. No, does you're not the make, least. Does that make you the host with the most, Chase? The then? host with the most? The hostess with the mostest? Chase is definitely the host with the yeah, most. That's fine. I don't want to like toot my own horn, toot toot. Most beard, most window. It is a nice window this week. It's it's <laughs> it's nice. You've got a nice window going on. I know. So. I'm doing my best. Yeah, there's lots of like plants and tree life in the videos. Well, except for Chase Livingston, but you know he's got that Clemson two dollar bill back there. Livingston is this is true consistent. If I could turn my giant monitor here, I could show you out my window, but I'm not even going to attempt to turn this thing. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, all right. So let's dive in. Um, so in the last episode, Jeff started a great conversation that we kind of kind of explored a little bit, but then we were like, ah, well, not we. I was like, I want to give it more space and, and more time to talk about because he had that great grow out kind of word, trademark Jeff Henson. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to continue that this week. We're going to talk about uh, growth paths and that idea of like growing out of uh, the, the role, the job that you're in right now. So um, we're feeling it since we've got to stick with that series theme. This week, we're, we're, we're filling in a sentence, regardless of, of seniority, every good manager creates growth paths for their team. So um, let's start, Jeff, since, uh, you know, you had that great phrase and everything else. Um, yeah, what is a, so I'm kind of, I want to start with if you're a new manager. If you're a new manager and you're thinking about this kind of stuff, how do you even know what a growth path looks like? Oh boy. Um, so tough okay. question right out of the bat. I'll answer your specific question first and then I'll answer the, the other question that's on my mind um, or how you get to this. So the, the specific question is what does a growth path look like? And I think it can look like a lot of different things, but the, at the basic level, it's what does the future look like for someone who's on your team? And so it could mean, same role, but more experience. Um, it could mean slightly more responsibilities, but same team, right? Like expanding within your, your own, you know, your current team. It could also mean 
moving on to different functions within the company. It could move, mean moving on to different functions somewhere else. Um, it basically just means what does the future look like for the people on, on your team? I think the thing that you need to answer before you can get there, though, is how does your organization think about growth paths? And that, I, I've learned over time, is something that in a smaller company is probably founder-driven. I really have no idea how it would work at Automatic. It's probably just how things have gone in the past. Um, but for us, like we had to get really clear, do we want to keep people? Right, and our focus should be setting up support for existing teammates. Do we want to move people? Like, do we expect that people will move from one role into the other as they stay at Wistia for the long term? Um, and what do we want to like? What should we prioritize to to get that done? So, does that mean that we give people stretch roles like they have no experience in this, but we think they'd be really good at it, as opposed to hiring externally someone who's been doing it for a long time? So, yeah, this is a really, really complex topic, but I think the first thing you need to figure out is how your company thinks about this. So as a new manager, something you might be asking is, um, do we normally, do people normally move from one role to another within the company or historically have people in this functional area uh, graduated into other roles or is there like a seniority level, like a level one, level two, junior, senior, that kind of thing? Understanding that context, I think, is really important. Was that something that y'all were thinking about at Wistia, like, back in the early days? So we're talking, like, five to ten employees, that kind of thing? Or is it something that developed once y'all hit, like, a certain size? I think once we graduated from lights are staying on mode, it was something that we started to think about, right? So something maybe at, like, 20 people. Mm -hmm. Um, Smaller than that, you're wearing so many different hats that there's so you have so much control over your own growth. There's no one who's really managing your growth at that size, at least for us. Um, beyond that size, we started to hire people who were in who were junior um, in experience and junior in role. And so we had to start thinking like, okay, this person came on to be like basically an intern. What is you know, and now that they're full-time hired, what does that look like? Like it has to be different in some way. Um, or people started asking for more responsibility and we had to start thinking about it that way. Carolyn with Buffer, it feels like even though y'all are, I forget how many people y'all are now, right? We're, we're way up in double digits up there, right? Somewhere 60, 70. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even like as you have 80, 80, I think. Yeah. Um, so even as you've gotten up into there, uh, like the conversations that, that we've had before, Buffer doesn't really have like set growth paths or, or matrices or ladders to climb or things like that. It kind of felt like Jeff was talking about, like you kind of like do what you're interested in and you might wear a couple of different hats. Um, so what's your experience been like kind of having that set up, even when you are hitting like close to 80 people? Yeah, that was true until recently. Um, and that was both great and unfair. <laughs> um, it heavily, uh, yeah, we basically did, okay, sure, if you find an area that you're good at and are excelling in and we need you to be in that role, then that's your new role. Um, it was kind of the the Venn diagram of like, do we need it? Are you good at it? And do you like it? And if all those things were yes, then, um, and then congratulations. Um, <laughs> That heavily favors the 
people who are um, likely to put themselves out there, which is, um, you know, it's its own set of privilege. And um, it also heavily favors the people who come early. So that works really well for a small growing team, um, to Jeff's point, like at, um, at, you know, there's a variety of ways you can do it, whether it's stay in the team or go to a different team or, you know, just whatever, whatever hole needs filling, go fill it. And, um, and then you've, you know, grown in your role. But um, as we're not hiring anymore right now, and um, just generally things are a little bit more consistent, that hasn't presented itself as much. And so um, now Asa and the happiness team and the engineering team separately and all, a variety of, of teams within Buffer have moved to a matrix model um, where level one, level two, level three have very specific um, sets of accomplishments or skills. Um, and uh, we're very new with that, but um I think it's a lot more inclusive of different personalities and cultures and things like that. Um, and it's also a little bit more motivating for the people who maybe don't have a clear vision toward how to grow. They can look at this and say like, okay, these are the three things that I need to level up on in order to get more money or, um, or learn in this other direction. Um, and so it's still really early, but so far it's um, seeming pretty good. So in like six months, we'll follow up and be like, oh, like this is the new thing that Buffer's doing. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good, yeah. Um, so I'm curious. Something Sorry. about that? Can I jump in on that? Um, yeah. So that is solving for one of the several different types of growth paths, right? It's like solving for the growth path of you are currently a level one support person and like here's what you need to do to get to a level two support person, um, which I think is 100% a-okay, like super good to do, right? Then people know they're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I feel like something we're struggling with around this is it, it feels overly prescribed that you're not – it feels too easy for the manager to say, hey, welcome to the team. Like you're joining us as a level one support person. Here's what you do to get to a level two support person. Like see you later, check you later. Same with engineer. And it kind of, it doesn't, I don't know, incentive's not the right word, but it doesn't create the system where you might say, hey, Carolyn, like you've been here for a while. I just thought I would ask, like, what do you want to do in, in a few years? Like now that we've been working together? Um, because I, I think I was certainly afraid of asking that as a support team lead because I was worried the response would be like, Anything but support. Yeah, like, I, oh, I, you know, I want to be a developer. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, we don't have anyone, you know, on our team who didn't go to school in some form for being a developer. Like, I have no idea how you're going to achieve that. But I think what I've learned or what I feel like I'm learning as I go is that if you dig in a little bit more around like, okay, not just what role, but like, what does your dream actually look like? You start to understand you want to be a developer because you want to be working more on the product stuff. And like, I can get you more involved in that in some other way that just says, okay, I can't make you a developer, but I can uh, sponsor you to take these development courses online. And I can bring you into this meeting that runs once a week for the next few months, just something to get you a little closer to the work. I guess I'm having a visceral challenge cake response to the idea that, 
you can't, as you grow, still be like, what do you want to do? As a manager, I can't be like, what is it that you want to do? I'm going to help you get there in some small way, even if it's like, I can't quite get you to your dream of being like a dairy farmer, but I can get you a little bit closer because as a dairy farmer, you need project management skills and I can actually help you with those. Yeah. So, uh, challenge cake, like 80% accepted in that, um, I was oversimplifying it. Um, it doesn't, the matrix doesn't at all. I love that you can challenge your response to challenge cake. <laughs> I'm going to eat 80% of that challenge cake. <laughs> um, okay, so the 80% that I, I'm totally with you on is, yeah, this doesn't at all take away the value and the importance and the um, priority put on regular career growth focused one-to-ones that are happy to be on whatever topic. Um, there's also multiple ways of growing. So if you're a level one happiness hero, your choices are to go to a level two, or you could look at trying to be a billing expert or a mobile expert happiness hero or a um, technical support hero or a happiness engineer eventually um, and things like that. So yeah, you're totally right. I oversimplified it when I explained it. Um, and they're, they're also developing um, a, a, a set of time. Um, I know Wistia has done this for a long time. We've always struggled to find the hours in the day, but they're really prioritizing it now um, to really set aside a few hours a week for personal development on work time. Um, so taking the courses and you know, learning the skills that you need in order to grow. Um, that doesn't necessarily take away from dinner with your family. Um, The 20% that I will push back on is that some of that of like, where do you want to be and how can I help you get there? Um, Some of the subjectivity involved in that and like the messiness of that, like some of it's necessary, but some of it does create opportunities for bias. Um, And we've really had our butts kicked, um, on the bias perspective from, um, we had someone who was an inclusivity catalyst. She's now the director of all things people related. So that's not specifically her role anymore, but it's obviously a huge focus of hers. And she sort of trained us to think in that way over the year so that she did that role. Um, and how can I help you get there? And can I imagine you as that? And do I think that's a valuable thing? And do I think that's appropriate? Like, a lot of those questions of um, some of the more subjective aspects of that can be tricky. Um, so trying to create a, some process around those things is is good along but, the the, ex, the the goal of making things equal and fair for the people who are willing to work just as hard but might not be in the same time zone as that meeting that happens once a week or might not be like quite as willing to put yourself out there and like sell yourself. Challenge I think you can accept it, but I, I'm worried that you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater <laughs> to like give up on those potential growth paths in the, in like the, the, by championing inclusivity, you're actually 
forcing people into these boxes. I get that there's like yeah. a ton of nuance that you can't go into right now. I just, no, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's tricky. Yeah, it's just the devils in the details on that one. Yes, agree totally. I think you can have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> I, so it's and so at base camp it's only been recently that we started implementing some kind of like title tier system where for us it was all about like how to pay people fairly right because like we wanted to make sure like your experience lines up with a certain like pay level um that way we're fair across the board and it's not like we're just like giving you extra money because you happen to be here early or whatever right <clears throat> Now, out of that, it's we found in the last year. It's like there are some people on our team. Like so, like for me, for instance, I like I don't have this like burning desire to go up on the next level of the or the title chart or whatever. Right? For me, it's like I want to do the things I'm interested, in, and I'm gonna work on the things I'm interested in, and I know what those things are. So, for me, it's let's like leave me alone, let me do my thing, get out of the way, kind of unleash your creativity, kind of thinking. Right? Like move mm-hmm. the rocks out of my way so I can go. There are other people on our team that definitely that's like, I am right here. I want to be right here. I need to know A, B, and C that I need to do to get up, right? And for those people, yeah, you can dig in and you can be like, what do you really, like five years, do you, do you want to be a dairy farmer? Do you want to be at base camp? Like you can do that. But a lot of it is, it's, it's not a, like a video game necessarily, but it is almost like leveling up. Like, like Carolyn mentioned, like I'm going to do A and it's going to move me up a little bit. I'm going to do B, it's going to move me up a little bit. Um, and outside of tech, like the closest analogy I have is what I went through to get my teacher certification. Um, you know, with that, you have areas of interest that are very broad that you get to define, like you get to like study what subjects you want to. But within that, there are different levels of like apprentice teacher, regular teacher, master teacher, and move up. And at each of those levels, there is still leeway, but there are like core requirements. Like you have to have 40 hours of, of coursework in this particular subject to move up. So I think it's like this mix, right? It's this, you're going to have some stuff in the growth path that are very set. You need to have these skills or these qualities or these whatever, but then you're also going to have lots of leeway right in there. Um, and like Jeff mentioned, it comes down to the details, right? That, that setup is going to be a little bit different for every company. Yeah. Can I add one slight pushback to your comment, Chase? Man, challenge cakes all over. Sorry. I'm going to just challenge cake because, um, like your point about like, leave me alone and just move the rocks out of my way and I'll, and I'll like pursue it and get there Mm -hmm. as like a native English speaking white man. That's like Mm -hmm. a lot. That's like always been what you've maybe been taught is like, of course it's okay for you to pursue that. And of course it'll make sense if you are in that role. And of course, like you, of course you shouldn't doubt that you'll ever get there or that you should be there or that people will trust and respect you once you're there. Um, which not everyone has that experience. Totally. And I would say even with me, with the, the qualities that you outlined when I was working at the deli, same thing, didn't have that, that kind of setup. I think that comes like, yeah, you have to watch out for those biases, biases, whatever the plural of that is. Um, but culture there, the company you work for is, is huge. And, and kind of setting that up. So like with Basecamp, it's from day one, it's been very much a turn. See, like all these books keep coming back, like a turn the ship around mentality. So it doesn't matter who you are on the team. Yeah. Like there are, so there are people on our team that are, you know, uh, that are females and minorities and things like that, that are real similar to me, that they 
like, just get out of my, my way. I'm going this direction. And there's been a lot of credit to Jason David and the early people in the company for that kind of culture foundation. Um, so yeah, I push back accepted. Um, it's one of those where I think that for me, it, we've been really fortunate in the culture that's been laid out um, that has let us kind of be able to, to push forward, basically. Does that make sense? For sure. All that said, Chase, how's it happen in automatic? Yeah. <laughs> Chase looks really like he's curious. thinking about something. Yeah, I'm well, really curious about a bigger company. Yeah, so to be honest, I don't know that we have it all figured out. I mean, there aren't really – we don't even necessarily have you know definitions of a level one versus a level two support person. I mean, because we're essentially a, a flat company or whatever, there's not like – I mean, I could – become a team lead if I wanted to, but that's not necessarily a step up per se. It's just, I'm responsible for the administrative duties that come with having a team of people working on something. Um, and you know, I'm responsible for having one-on-ones with people to help them, you know, develop in their careers and that kind of thing. But that doesn't, you know, get me any, um, extra pay benefits, uh, anything like that. I mean, you know, the people on my team can still, you know, they have a voice just like I do in the company and that doesn't, you know, necessarily mean anything. Um, I mean, there are, you know, positions like Andrew's where he is, you know, sort of a, the head of support or whatever, but that's not, I mean, you know, that's an exception rather than the rule because, you know, there's one of him at this point and then there's a few other people that are sort of doing um, jobs that are similar, you know, helping him out, that kind of thing. Um, but they're also, you know, just, team leads on a regular happiness team, if you will. So, um, you know, there are examples of people who are happiness engineers that have maybe moved into like a development role where they, and, and how that works is they go through a trial just like a new hire would. Um, and they do that alongside their current role as a happiness engineer. Um, so, you know, providing support and then they go through a trial if they want to become a developer and, you know, so they're tested and, and, um, given the same types of projects that any, person from the outside would be given, um, to sort of see how they would fit, see if they have, you know, the skills, that kind of thing, um, to become a developer. And so that's happened a couple of times. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think that's somewhere we're still trying to figure it out uh, and maybe not even figure it out. Just, that's just sort of how it is. I mean, I'm a, I'm a happiness engineer and if, if I'm going to stay at automatic, um, there are other things I can get into, obviously, and I've been doing some work recently with so we're partnering with some web hosts and stuff like that to make sure that the Jetpack experience is great. And so I've been working with some of those partner hosts on setting some things up and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, there's definitely avenues to explore other than answering tickets all day long, obviously, but um, there's not, you know, the the upward mobility, if you will, of a, of a normal, like a, a corporation or something like that. And we also don't even have, uh, you know, like a, a path or a, a set um, set of skills or anything like that to, that would, you know, differentiate me from anybody else. Um, you know, that's not a, a defined thing at this point. Um, so it's, it's hard to say for sure, but I think we're, yeah, even though we are a big company, it's, you know, not super defined you know, either. See, the one company I thought out of all of us that would have it defined, nothing there. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I am curious. So you, you said if they, if, so if you wanted to move over into a developer role, then it's, mm-hmm. it's like an outside hire, right? Yeah. So I would submit an application in my resume, just like anybody else would. And Matt would go through the, um, you know, he looks at all the resumes that come in for each position and, um, you know, sets up trials if, uh, interviews and trials, if that's, how the, um, you know, how, if he thinks she'd be a good fit. So like, um, there was a, one of the people that I worked with pretty closely recently, uh, her name was Val. It is Val. She didn't die. Um, her name is Val, <laughs> but she is no longer on our team because, um, she decided that, you know, JavaScript was something that she was really interested in. And, um, JavaScript is obviously becoming more and more a part of WordPress and the web these days. And so she went and, you know, learned as much as she could about JavaScript and then applied for a JavaScript Wrangler position at Automatic. Um, she, you know, went through the trial, rocked and you know, killed the trial. She did awesome, uh, while still doing her, her normal job as a happiness engineer and, um, ended up, you know, being hired, if you will, as a, as a JavaScript Wrangler. And, and so all it was really is a role switch, but, um, you know, that's how automatic handles a role switch in that case, just to make sure that you're a good fit for the position. And, um, you know, you can handle it along with your normal job responsibilities. Well, because you can handle it along with your normal job responsibilities, then you're probably going to be awesome if you're doing that full time. Um, so, you know, that's just sort of how they handle it. So with the Jeff had mentioned earlier, like if, if you want to be a, did you say dairy farmer earlier? What's some kind of farmer? <laughs> I couldn't remember. It, it, like they would help you with like some of the development and, and things that you need to learn with WordPress if, with automatic. If you're interested in JavaScript, are you like able to like get better at JavaScript script during your work hours or is it like, just yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely that kind of, you know, discretion, discretionary time we have to, you know, better skills with certain things. I mean, automatic will, of course, pay for any classes or, you know, online learning, you know, those types of things that you would think of when you think of like learning a programming language or whatever. And they encourage, you know, all of us to do that, um, especially now um, with with the way things are going with JavaScript and WordPress, but even with other, you know, even just HTML, CSS. I mean, that's a great tool for a happiness engineer to have just because, you know, when they're helping a user with their website, you know, they might want to change the color of a button. And and if you know CSS, obviously that's going to help you um, make that user even happier if you can just give them a little snippet of code that is going to help them accomplish what they're trying to do. And so they definitely encourage anybody who's interested to, um, spend time doing that as long as you're not just completely, you know, neglecting or falling behind on your other responsibilities. I feel like that reflects Matt. Mullenweck. Like I might not, maybe, I don't know. I don't really know Matt that well, but that sounds like it reflects Matt. I think it goes back to understanding how like founder slash like early culture was formed. Cause I think that that sounds really really healthy right you give people exposure to the business like the whole thing um at least you know in a certain realm right like as a support person you're not just doing support you're also thinking about product you're thinking about development you're thinking about communication and how that works i can't tell you how many times uh someone on the support team has been like hey we didn't tell anybody about this change um, or at least we haven't told them like in a really good way. And now they're asking why the product is different. Like we need to be doing that in some other way, like in the product, maybe for people who don't open their emails or something. And uh, so you're, you're exposed to all those things. And I think when people raise their hand and say like, this part is really interesting to me, 
Um, and it lines up with our culture of we would love to keep people around forever and help them grow. Then we should, we should do that. I mean, just, just this evening I had one of our uh, support team leads contact me because we keep a board for front end marketing work that needs to be done. And it's like a really tough pipeline for us to manage um, from a product and engineering perspective. And the support team lead was like, Hey, I've got somebody on my team who really wants to get into front end development. And she's been working kind of in the background a little bit on like upping her skills for that. And um, she wants to spend some of her time, some of her development time working on some of these smaller projects in the marketing pipeline. Like, what do you think about that? And just, because it lines up with our values, like how exciting of an opportunity. Um, I think that's really, that's really great. I'm sure it won't work in every business. It won't work for every person. I'm very confident of that. Um, and we need to keep working to like root those out, but um, yeah, just got to keep working on that. So what happens when, so like the example that you had right there, what if you didn't have a front end spot open? What happens then? Oh, we don't have a front end spot open. We have too much work to do. Right? I like, completely flipped that in my head. I'm sorry. No, no, Ignore that's, me. The, that's the other part of the, of the problem or the, the situation here is that also team leads from other functional areas are being, are speaking honestly about what some of the challenges are in their part of the business. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if in support, you have no idea for what some of the challenges are that are going on in engineering, you feel very, I don't know, you like, you can't really get involved. It's like, I don't know why you p- people don't do it the way that I think you should, but I don't feel like I have the voice to get involved. If instead you're hearing on a pretty consistent basis, like we're having a lot of trouble filling this front end role full time. Um, and as a result, like some stuff is not getting through the pipeline as fast as we'd like. And you're sitting there being like, Hey, you know, actually, I mean, um, this person on the support team has been managing the docs and all the front end development for our documentation for years, for like two, three years. So she's like, Hey, I've been doing this part. Like, I bet you I could do this other part too. And, um, I'm already involved in the projects. Like I know I have the context for what's going on. Like my skills are relevant and I would like to help. Like it, you'd be crazy to turn that person down. I guess maybe at, at, at a certain point, maybe it's not the right decision. Like it was a really large company or something, but for us um, it's a really good opportunity for that person. So yeah, I guess I trust the support team lead is balancing opportunities across their team as well. That, that, that being yeah. the clincher. At some point, we have to trust our teammates. Sure. <laughs> I feel like there was like a, a little bit more after the sure. No, I think there's a. I think those two things coexist very comfortably, which is absolutely we should be trusting our team. We should be leaning on our leads heavily at the same time like unconscious bias is unconscious what would you what would you or the person on your team who's more of an expert at this propose for that <laughs> it's something we're struggling with i don't know i think honestly every i mean maybe i'm speaking out of turn but i think honestly everyone is because it is unconscious right and it's one that's not unique to just 
like, you know, we get stuck in a tech sphere and everyone talks about it in the tech sphere and it's really not because there's, I mean, I hate to pull the teacher card again, but back when I was studying to be a teacher, like there were, we had whole courses dedicated toward figuring out how your students learned best and uncovering all of those biases. I, I'm still going with biases. That's, that's all I know it's at the, this point. I think that's correct. Okay, cool. If it's not, I'm sorry, but the plural, like uncovering all of those that we had in the classroom toward our students to make sure that, you know, we weren't like Carolyn said, like unconsciously doing or holding a view or, or whatever that somehow impacted the education that we were giving. Um, so it's one that, that is. Here's Sorry, the thing though. It's not just about, so yes, that training is fantastic. Becoming aware of it. Awesome. Very useful. Not does not eradicate the problem. However, it's a good step. Mm-hmm. The problem though, isn't that it's not just about, that person giving an equal opportunity to everyone putting themselves forward. It's also the fact that certain groups are less likely to put themselves forward because they've been told for years and years that unless they already have a hundred percent of the qualifications, they shouldn't put themselves forward because they won't be accepted. Whereas somebody who's more likely to put themselves forward at 70% of the qualifications gets a a totally different experience. It's just, I'm not saying that. No, that's what I was going to end up with because we were, some of the the training that we got was all around like making sure that people that like you mentioned that would not historically come forward um weren't left behind um it was yeah. at the time that the the administration was doing like the no child left behind thing right mm-hmm. and it was part about like you have to be um like sometimes you have to make the first move right mm-hmm. and you have to go to that person who for whatever reason would not have made that step forward first and have that conversation. So yeah, totally agree. There's a whole show buried in there. Uh, so many. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think there's an entire podcast buried in there. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think we're like, we can't lose sight of the context of at this point, we're already having really good one-on-ones and consistent conversation. Well, if, if everyone's building on top of the amazing wealth of advice that we've provided over the last <laughs> Uh, we're already having those consistent conversations to the point that there is a group that may not feel comfortable coming forward at 70%, but we're really focused on an individual and getting them to a point where they feel like they can come forward and say like, listen, I would normally not put myself out like this, but like, since you're asking and you're, you know, doing it in writing before our one-on-one and you're like allowing me to think deeply about it. These are the three scenarios in which I would be thrilled to be here in three years And as a manager, it's like, whoa, I had not even, I didn't even realize that that was the case. Um, I mean, even, I think, I think where I've grown on this is I used to think that my job as a manager was like to like use a crystal ball to divine some of these things, like spot the interest before people even said that they had the interests And that means that it was through my prism of bias, right? Like this exact same support person we've talked, we're talking about because she's been at WCF for probably three years. I really pushed her into that documentation management role because she's a writer. And I knew that she'd be really great in something where she could write a lot more and her writing would like scale to all these people. So to hear that she wants to be in front end dev, I was like, I never even knew that. Now, of course, I haven't been working closely with her in a few years, but at the same time, like, what I, I don't know whether I would have sussed that out as her team lead or not. Um, but I, I, I trust, 
and maybe I just choose to trust, but I trust that her team lead is doing a much better job than I was of understanding like what are the scenarios in which she'll feel super successful and how can we get her there? Yeah. And I'm just, sorry. <laughs> motorcycle. I'm just all of you motorcycles. <laughs> or something. Um, yeah. I'm just suggesting that it's useful to pair, Hey, what would you see yourself as and how do you think you're going to be able to contribute with, hey, group, we're exploring some need for a front-end developer in the next two years. Like, is anyone in this group thinking about that? Like, let me know, which is different than necessarily only asking the person to dream it up, but also providing the opportunities to all and seeing what, and like, yeah, it just, it all needs to coexist, I think. You're totally right. That is very well taken. All right. I've got nothing else on this topic. Any, any last thoughts? Livingston? I'm still shocked that Automatic did not have more predefined things. Like, I thought for sure going into this episode, it was like, oh, Chase is going to have, like, ten steps. Yeah, and I'm wondering, like, has that been an issue? I think for some people, maybe. Um, but, like... Uh, the first employee of automatic is still with the company like 11 years later and he's still a developer. Um, he's just worked on a bunch of different things in you know, the past 11 or so years and, uh, seems to be happy and, and he's not the only one. I mean, there's people that have, uh, been with the company for almost that long. Um, so I think for some people, I mean, and obviously we've had people leave the company that have been there for much shorter times. Um, and I think some of the issues might be surrounding that, that there isn't like a clearly defined path to um, moving up or moving role. I mean, you know, that kind of thing, moving roles, whatever. So um, for some people, that's an issue. I think for, for most people, it's not. And they just learn to accept that if, if they enjoy what they're doing in automatic. Um, because I mean, I think the, the work we're doing is really awesome and, and really cool. And, and, you know, people enjoy doing that. Um, and so, you know, that's just how it, how it works, I guess. And just to make sure I'm on the same page, like that, like, even though there's not like, like this, this defined company wide thing, like these conversations are happening with your one-on-ones, right? Oh, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like okay. I can go to my team lead and say like, Hey, I would, like to be a team lead, you know, at some point or something like that. And, and she would totally, I'm sure be willing to, um, you know, help with that as I'm sure any team lead or, or whoever at automatic that, that could help with that would be willing to do so. Um, so yeah, that is obviously something that we can definitely do. So when Jeff does his grow out conference, he's not going to stop at automatic. Yeah. Sadly enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So that's our take on this one. Let us know how your company does it. If you've got any kind of predefined stuff for uh, ladders, I guess is the big thing going around, you know, ladders to climb up and all that. Let us know your grow out paths and all. You can hit us up. We're at uh, support ops on Twitter. We're hello at support ops.co on the uh, email sphere. <laughs> throw that in uh yeah so that's it for us we're off next week for the memorial holiday for all of you folks in the uh the u.s enjoy your barbecues and beaches and sun and whatever else you do uh, if you're in boston enjoy your rain <laughs> right right jeff it's rain i'll do my best <laughs> so thanks again for listening and until we see you again after the holiday have a great week